Well, I sure hope you're talking about the Eucharist today, because that's what we're going to be talking about uh, today on Take Two with Jerry and Debbie. I'm Debbie Giorgiani. I'm alone today, so flying solo today, because Jerry is um, making his big move from California to Orlando, Florida, um, where he begins his uh, pastoral year as a uh, seminarian. And you heard the news yesterday. It was big news. I, and Jerry, I on, on behalf of Jerry and all of the show team, um, our hearts are just bursting with love and appreciation and gratitude for all the comments and, you know, just the fact that you are turning your attention on this an extraordinary event in Jerry Usher's life. Um, the beautiful words you sent in uh, yesterday and this morning. Wow, you guys are incredible. And thank you for the kind words uh, for all of us um, at Take Two and the whole show team. We just love you guys. We love the Take Two family. But it is the first Friday of the month, and we dedicated to the Most Holy Eucharist, the source and summit of our of our Christian life, as Catechism paragraph thirteen twenty four states, and I would encourage our listeners to please go to the Catechism, start at paragraph thirteen twenty two, and read on because it's very very important. Um, the Eucharist is everything to us as Catholic Christians, and it is important that we um, discuss the Eucharist. We um, the Eucharist uh, is is something that we should uh, long for, we should desire, we should um, protect, we should promote, um, and it is it is so incredibly vital to our spiritual life if we truly um, understand it and embrace it. So the Eucharist. Um, is what we're talking about today, the Most Holy Eucharist, the body, blood, soul, and divinity of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Um, we would like you to weigh in right now. Matt Kabinsky's at the phones. And here's the question I'm going to ask you on this first Friday. By the way, if you if you partake in the first Friday devotions or the first Saturday devotions, please call in and share with us how that has changed your spiritual life. Okay, but here's the question I want to ask you, and I'd like you to call in. And, and give your answer, your real, honest, raw, brutally honest answer, okay? How has the Eucharist changed you? How has the Eucharist changed you? How has it changed you from the inside out? How has it transformed you? How has it deepened your faith life? How has it advanced you? Um, please share with us today. And why do I say it's so important today? Folks, just look at the calendar. We're going into the Labor Day weekend. What do most uh, couples and families do? They think about getting away for the weekend, the long weekend. Oh, we have a three-day weekend. Let's go uh, and do a staycay somewhere. Or let's go somewhere and, and have some fun. And sometimes they forget about going to Mass. They don't make it a priority. What you share today on this show, on Take Two with Jerry and Debbie, can change their life forever, their spiritual life forever. I'm asking the question today, how has the Eucharist changed you from the inside out? Could you answer that question, please? Maybe it hasn't. Call in as well, um, because I would like to talk to you. And, and it, let's explore different angles of this, please. The Eucharistic the um, 
Eucharist revival in the church, our, our, our uh, leaders, our shepherds are asking us to really have these deep conversations, folks. It's time to wake up. It's time to really um, mean what we say, believe in the tenets of our faith, and really embrace all. Would you work with me today and do this? And let's see how we can help other lives today. Please, please call in 833-288-3986. I will share how the Most Holy Eucharist has changed my life, how it's transformed me, how it's changed the person um, that I am today. And, and I can share with you the, those key moments in my life. But I don't want to take up all of this time, this precious time. I want you to step in, you to step in as the catechist, you to share your lived experience about the Eucharist, you to share um, maybe about being an extraordinary minister of Holy Communion. Could you call in and share how that has changed you from the inside out? Please, folks, this is important work we're doing here. This isn't just like, let's turn on the microphones and let's have some fun. We're trying to help souls get to heaven. Do you want other souls to get to heaven? Then call in, blow up those phone lines, please. Let's go. This is important. The world is changing drastically and not for the better. Okay, just look at the news. I turned on the news this morning. I was so disgusted. I couldn't even stand it. I, I, I literally wanted to throw my cup of coffee at the TV set. It's just getting ridiculous now. It's absurd. You can just see the, the demons in plain sight. And everybody just seems to be ignoring them. Like, oh, they're just there and that's the way the world is going. Well, no, it doesn't have to be that way. We can, we can really help to heal this world. We can help to heal um, the offenses that we have made towards God to the sacred heart of Jesus and the immaculate heart of Mary. We can heal. We can help to heal all of this if we would just start believing and getting off the sidelines and don't be a spectator and an observer and get in the game. Okay? Nobody, we're not, listen, Jerry and I and the show team, we don't think we're perfect. Believe me, we're, <laughs> we're like the bad news bears, you know, a bunch of misfits trying to, to preach the gospel message. Okay? It's all good, but we're trying our best. Are you giving your all, your 100% to God and to others to help them get to heaven? Listening to Catholic radio, that helps other people because you're, you're helping yourself and it's a gift to yourself and to others. Supporting Catholic radio, absolutely, you're supporting the evangelization effort of Catholic radio. Um, calling in today, that helps others. Um, going out and, and meeting someone new and talking about God, that helps others. You see how it works? It's the Mother Teresa method. She used to say, do small things with great love. And, you know, a lot of the saints spoke like that. Very simple, but very profound effects. Please call in. I'm flying solo today. Jerry is, uh, actually, he's going to be coming to Arizona tonight, so hopefully I'll get to see him. Um, so he's driving. Jerry, if you're listening, safe driving, please. Um, and the rest of us, we're going to call in, right, about the Most Holy Eucharist. Today on The Real Presence Show at Take 2, 833-288-3986. Okay, this is our Real Presence Show today talking about the Most Holy Eucharist. 
Um, I wanted to share also, too, that uh, Monday, it is Labor Day weekend, Monday we have a special brand new uh, broadcast, recorded broadcast with, with our friend Gary Zimak. And he's going to be talking about his ministry, his books. And it, it, it was a fabulous conversation that Jerry and I had. Ace McKay, our producer, put it together. He did, he did a fine job. And that's on Monday. So make sure you tune in for that during the holiday weekend. And then we'll be back live on Tuesday. But also, You Choose Week is back. And um, it was very popular. It's September 25th through the 29th. And so Submissions uh, are, are being accepted right now through September 15th. So if you have an idea about a show topic that is really near and dear to your heart, please uh, send it in. And all you have to do is go to our website, take2show.com. That's also where the virtual prayer wall is. And Ace will pick all of those um, suggestions up right there. You can also like us on Facebook, Jerry and Debbie Facebook page. Please do so because we're going to be posting updates on Jerry's uh journey into priestly formation, back into priestly formation. And you can also email Jerry personally at seminaryjerry at gmail.com. He's getting a lot of emails and he is, boy, oh boy, his heart is just bursting with love for the Take Two family. You guys are awesome. But before we go to the phones about the Eucharist, I want to share with you a book about the Eucharist, 30 Marian Eucharistic Visits by Donna Marie Cooper O'Boyle. And um, Donna, Donna Marie does a great job, absolutely a fabulous job, 30 Marian Eucharistic Visits. This book will inflame your heart with love for Jesus' Eucharistic heart through the heart of his mother. It will help you enter into meditation with Jesus and Mary as never before and will open your heart to receive the graces available from the sacred mysteries. You will find ways to rekindle the fire of divine love in your prayer life and grow in loving communion with our Lord in the Eucharist. Wow, I love it. 30 Marian Eucharistic Visits by Donna Marie Cooper O'Boyle, a new book from EWTN Publishing, available at EWTNRC.com. Buy Catholic, shop EWTNRC.com. Folks, just check out uh, EWTNRC, the religious catalog. Just um, make it like a regular visit that you check out what's going on there and what what they have in the products because they prayerfully pick out things that we can all uh, use and and need during this time in our lives. And so it'll be great, uh, you know, the um, Christmas is right around the corner. I'm just saying, we're already in September. uh, So I start shopping in August for Christmas. Okay, I'm going to go to the the phones um, in a moment, in just a, about 30 seconds. So hang on, Lydia and, and uh, the others. I just want to quickly just say again, the Catechism of the Catholic Church. Uh, we just I just got a direct message said, can you just give the starting paragraph? 1322, it's the Sacrament of the Eucharist. 1322. Now the paragraphs on the Catechism are, are, are short. And so, you know, you may think to yourself, well, I, I can't read 40 and 50 paragraphs. Yeah, you can. You really can. It only takes about, you know, maybe 15, 20 minutes. But I would encourage you to please read the paragraphs on the Eucharist uh, before this weekend's Masses. Um, why? Because this is the first Friday. Very important day. 
Um, and it's and there's a lot of devotions with um, St. Margaret Mary Alico and and others around the first Friday, first Saturday devotions. I, my husband and I, we take part in the first Friday devotions. Um, I would take part in this first Saturday, but I have the spirit world with Adam Bly on Saturdays. So that's the reason why um, I'm not able to do that fully, but I do catch mass on online. Okay, so let's hear what Lydia has to say. And Lydia is in in Ohio, and she's listening on Sirius XM 130. Lydia, you are first up, and thank you so much um, for keeping me company here today. You're welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Please share about the Eucharist. It's all yours. You have the okay. you have the floor. Okay, I was away from the church, and when I go to um, Sunday Mass, I just go with the flow. I take communion, and I go home. That was it. But I didn't understand Jesus is the Eucharist, he is in the Eucharist, he is everything. And then I was being attacked uh, with evil spirit, you know, with enemy, you know, with other spirits. So I was just in a dark place, and everything was dark. And then one day I saw in a dream, I used to go to this church service uh, uh, close to where I uh, lived and I, I still go, but still did not understand the whole. I just go every. Well, I try to attend the mass, um, if not daily, but I still did not understand about the Eucharist. So I was in a dark place, and I, I wanted to know Jesus, but I didn't even know what I was doing. But I go in and pray, go attend the mass, and one day in the in my dream. I saw a light that was coming. Everything was dark, not just my life, but everything was dark. But there is a case that was like a light shining out of that case. So I said, what could that case? I've never paid attention. I didn't even know what they were. I was just there to be there. But I said, oh, I have to find this light. This is where I need to go or I need to be. So 6 o'clock in the morning, that's when the church... um, Opens is still they opened at six o'clock, so I got there. Um, it's not six o'clock. I think I was there before six o'clock, or but anyway, when they opened, I went in. I said I need to find that case. So as soon as I go in, I say, Oh my gosh, this is where they keep the Eucharist. This is where the light was. This is where the light was shining out of. It wasn't the light wasn't coming from nowhere, but that case where they keep the Eucharist. I said, oh, my gosh. So I used to just spend time there day after day after day, and then I inviting that light, inviting that light to come into my life. That changed my life ever since. I don't see the Eucharist. I don't just go with the flow. That Eucharist, just the light, that, sh- that, that just attracted me, that pulled me. That was a light shining out of that case, which I thought it was a case, to be honest. It wasn't a normal ch- a church where they keep behind the altar. They keep it in a case. But that was the only, the only light I would see that, that night. Um, yeah, so that changed my entire life. When I do attend Mass, I just go straight to before anything. That's where I kneel. That's where the light lives, and that, that is where... It follows me. It lifts in me, and he's with me, and I can say that. 
So, wow, Lydia. Lydia, I just want to be clear um, that I understand this correctly, because what, what a precious gift you received from God. Um, but you're, are you saying the light came out of the tabernacle where Jesus is reposed? Is that where you're, is that what you're, what you're sharing? Where, where they keep the, ta- where they keep uh, the Eucharist, you know, they take that Eucharist to the altar for the, before the consecration. Right, That's in the where tabernacle. The okay. Yeah. And, yeah. And it's usually, it's usually, or should be in the center of where the altar is behind the altar. Yes. Right. Where there's a, where, thing, it was, Okay. In this case, it's the right side. They have a big, um, it's it's a closet, it's a display, it's on the right side, it's totally okay. stored differently. So I did not, that's, the, that's why I couldn't understand what was there. That's the reason why I wanted to go to, to find what they, you know, what it is, right, the light right, shining right. from that case, but okay. I did not know. Right. Okay. So I want to affirm something for you because I think this is really important. So you, so you, as you know, when you go into a, a church and you, and you look for where Jesus is in the tabernacle and then you, you know that he's present, right? Because of the sanctuary lamp, right? Because of the lamp that's lit, the, the red lamp that's lit somewhere near the tabernacle, right, Lydia? Okay. Yeah. Okay. So I want to share something with you, Lydia. And I I was in religious education for over, well, now it's over 30 years, but in in parish ministry uh, for over 25 years. And I will tell you that your story and your experience, I've heard at least a couple dozen times. And what I heard was that, that, um, and what I, when, when, when folks would say, you know, I just have to ask you a question, is there a light radiating from the tabernacle because I, I would blink and I would, and I would try to, um, see if there was something, you know, reflecting off of the gold on the tabernacle or something of that nature. Cause there's usually a lot of, a lot of precious metal, um, with the tabernacle. Right. And so they would, they would say, I thought something was wrong with my eyes. I tried to rub my eyes and, and all of a sudden these bursts of light would, would start coming out of the tabernacle. And I will tell you, I heard that many times. So I do not doubt in any way your experience because I've heard it many times. So, so, and I believe that our Lord loves us so much individually and uniquely, Lydia, that he wanted you to have that intimate understanding of him. And, and, and it did change you. Now you're drawn to the tabernacle. You're drawn to Jesus immediately as you enter the church. And I'm sure I can almost, I can almost bet this, Lydia, tell me if I'm right, that you're very reverent because you know that our Lord is present. Correct? Very much. Oh my gosh. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It changed me. I tell people, this is not just something that you just, you know, just, you have to kneel, the, you know, you have the reverence. You are just greeting Jesus when you first come in, when you leave. You just have to say goodbye to Jesus because he's there. He's present. Right. right. Yeah. Well, and, and Lydia, that's why uh, many saints, and one of the saints that is our go-to saint here on Take Two is Padre Pio. That's why Padre Pio had many comments and many quotes on the Mass about how if we really knew, if we really and truly knew that that was Jesus and is Jesus, 
we would be on our face, you know, it, with this sense of reverence and mercy and, and asking for God's mercy and drawn to it and with a deeper understanding, reverence and respect. And Lydia, you've been blessed by God to receive that. So thank you for sharing today. We appreciate it. Okay. Have a beautiful weekend. See, that's what I'm talking about, folks. Lydia's experience. We need to hear it. So let's um, hear what uh, Christina has to say in Houston, Texas, also listening on Sirius XM 130. Hi, Christina. Hi, Debbie. Thanks for taking my call. When I heard, I just had gotten in the car. I've just come out of adoration not too long ago. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh my gosh, Lord, I guess I need to call in right now. (laughs) So I'm happy to be speaking with you. Oh, thank you. I have a feeling that you were definitely motivated by this Holy Spirit. I, I, I just, I shared with Ace earlier that I just had a very strong uh, impression today that, that the Holy Spirit was going to move uh, a certain person today. And I believe, Christina, it's you. So take it away. Okay, here we go. Sorry, I'm emotional. <laughs> so no, no, d- never okay. be sorry for, never be sorry for emotion. It's a good thing. Go ahead. No, oh, it was great. So um, I was born Catholic, clear Catholic, but um, didn't really practice my faith until like my late 20s. I was trying, I, I was coming back because I wanted to receive the Eucharist. I knew that I was not living the life that God wanted me to live. And, and I wanted to receive the Eucharist. You know, I just, I had this longing to come back to communion. And so now I found myself married. My husband's Methodist, um, non-practicing, and I'm trying to come back to the church. So I had never been confirmed. But I said, okay, I need to learn about this so I can do everything right and um, and then um, receive the Eucharist. Like, I was trying to do it right. And in the whole process, there was a lot of questions, and um, my husband actually started the RCA process um, while I was trying to get my confirmation. We'd already had a baby, our boy, that brought me back to just caring and understanding that we are souls, right? <laughs> and um, so then... In, in the process of, of us kind of coming into the church, fully practicing, him and I would have a lot of conversations about the true presence, right? And um, and I was like, I felt like I believed, but his questions w- would, like, pressure me to kind of have more answers for him. So in in confession one day with the priest, we, we were just talking about that, and um, and he told me, no, Christina, you, you, uh, this is a difficult thing for a lot of people, even for forming, like, priests that are being formed in seminary. This is a difficult thing, but prayer will give you your answers. So have your heart open and ask the Lord to just explain it to you in a way that you can understand it and just really, you know, believe it. Um, and so I did, and I would do it, you know, every time. But there was this one day when I was, like, approaching the Eucharist. I'd already been confirmed. My husband became Catholic. Like, we were trying our best, and things were good. And I'm coming um, up, like, up to the altar, kind of like on my wedding day or when we got, you know, and, and I— remember thinking and saying to the Lord, Lord, please just the same prayer that I've been praying. Let me understand. I, I want to understand this. I want to fully understand what I'm doing right now. And in the moment that I received the Eucharist, I heard in my heart that he said to me, I am the truth and the life. Mm. And in that moment, oh my gosh, I started to just like shake and I, you know, I, I consumed the Eucharist and I just kneeled and started praying and I weeping and weeping, and I felt embarrassed because people were around, and, um, but then I just stayed there, and I followed, I found peace, and it was just so beautiful, and mm-hmm. every once in a while, even, again, when I approach the Eucharist, I've got tears, and, mm-hmm. and I just, I know it in my body that it's more than we can understand, and that His love is so great that sometimes we just can't comprehend it. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, and then in reflection, I felt like my life is, is has to be a testimony to the true presence of the Eucharist. So I, I hope that this helps your show and everybody out there because he's there. Oh, he's absolutely. There. Christina, praise God. May I ask you, how old were you when you had this intimate encounter? 33. 30. Wow. Christina, wow. Okay, you know what? Hang on, please, sweetheart. Hang on. You hear the music. Let, let's get through the break. And on the other side, I, I got a couple more questions and a very quick comment for you, Christina. This was a powerful call today. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Please call us. our Real Presence show on the first Friday of every month here on Take Two. Um, We dedicate it completely to the Eucharist, and it should be that way, the source and summit of our faith. We're speaking with Christina in Houston, Texas, and Christina, thank you so much for holding through the break. I just wanted to share with you, um, did you catch that significance, Christina, about 33 being the age that you received um, this real transformative experience, intimate encounter with our Lord. And wow, kind of uh, sort of, you know, quote unquote, resurrected you, right? Right. 33 is when he was crucified, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so isn't it interesting? Sometimes we have to really get to a place where everything is, is pulled away and we have a new understanding. We have a new outlook. We have a new direction. We become um, very strengthened in Christ as a new being. And, and I, love, I love that so very much. I love that your name is Christina. I think that is, that's so beautiful. But Christina, your encounter with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, is very, very personal to you very extraordinary. And and I love it. And I love that you felt comfortable sharing it. I'm th- I thanked the Holy Spirit on the break. Um, uh, when we were hearing the promos, I was saying to in my head, thank you, Holy Spirit for prompting Christina. Because it's not that we should, should um, uh, look for all of these um, uh, mystical encounters, but when they happen, it's important that we encourage each other that, that this is, and we affirm each other that this is, he is real and he is present. Right, Christina? Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so very much. I'm sure your husband's going to love hearing the, this, um, your call that came in to take two, because I, I can almost assure you, Christina, because we get the emails, we get the feedback. We're going to get a lot of comments that your, your call and uh, Lydia's call really helped others to, to start to see things differently. So thank you. God bless you. Stay in touch with us, please. Okay. Jane is up next in Massachusetts on our friends at the Station of the Cross. Jane, please share about the Eucharist. Hi, uh, Debbie, and I just want to say thank you and congratulations to Jerry, too. <laughs> thank you. Um, thank you. I'll pass on the message. Thank you. Um, yeah, so uh, when I was, I think about maybe 18 or maybe even younger, I had a family member. I was brought up Catholic my whole life, and a family member had gone to California and came back, and they wanted to convert everybody to a Protestant, be a Protestant. And um, it kind of challenged me, because I guess nobody ever challenged me before about what I believe, and I thinking, well, maybe I'm doing something wrong, and I started to, 
you know, go to the church with them and see. And I had a friend that was also doing this, you know, the born again. So I realized after being there that there's something missing, and I knew it was the Eucharist. I said, there's definitely something wrong with this picture that there's no Eucharist. So I thought to myself, and I'm sure it was the Holy Spirit guiding me back, that um, I didn't know as much about my um, beliefs and religion that, that I should know, so that's what I'm going to focus on. And then I'll and then I'll know if I'm in the right place, you know. So mm-hmm. that's why I stayed with the church after that experience. I knew that there was something definitely missing when I went mm-hmm. to the other church. <laughs> so that's all. <laughs> You know, it's so interesting. I have to, I, I, I have to share this because it just made me think of when my sister and brother-in-law took um, Marty. Um, they wanted to share with my husband Marty, uh, New York City. My husband Marty never had been. He had grown up in upstate New York, Jane, and um, my my sister and my brother in law said, "Marty, you've got to experience the city." Now I have because I grew up in New Jersey, and so we used to. It was twenty minutes over into the city, but my husband didn't. Never had that extraordinary experience of New York City. So my sister and I were racing around trying to show him everything and anything, you know, the financial district, Manhattan, you know, we were going all around. We even made him drive in the city, Jane. And it was the most interesting thing. My sister and I thought we were going into a Catholic church. We just thought we were. We thought it was a Catholic church in the city. And as soon as we entered into the narthex of the church, we both looked at each other and we said, this is not Catholic. We, can ju- we, we felt it immediately. We, and it, there was nothing, there was no like artwork different or anything. We knew, we just knew, we knew, we knew that Jesus wasn't present. In the, oh, now we knew it was the house of God, absolutely. But we knew Jesus in the Eucharist wasn't present in the tabernacle. We could feel it. And sure enough, we, we stepped outside and we looked at the, at the uh, panel that was on the front that's, that uh, said what, what church it was, and it was not a Catholic church. It looked like a Catholic church, but it was not a Catholic church. So it's, it, it is, it's similar to what you're, you're sharing, and I believe that feeling is also a gift from God. Um, you know, because once He touches us, once we, once we truly receive Him— there, even if we may not fully understand it and understand the, the concept of him being present in the Eucharist, um, we, we know we're changed somehow because we, we have a different feeling about, about how we look at, at church even. So, so Jane, I'm just affirming that I believe that's a gift. Any, any comments on that? No, I definitely, I definitely would agree with that statement. And, um, I know I've heard of other things like that, too, where um, people had different, similar experiences. So, mm-hmm. um, But I know I did, you know, have to learn a lot more after that to kind of um, get me straightened out in that regard. Sure. But, uh, and I'm still sure. learning as, as I get more time. <laughs> 
Well, we, we, we all are. I mean, our, our God is a big God, right, Jane? So it's going to take, you know, forever and beyond until we're in the beatific vision, you know, God, God willing, we, we all get there. I mean, it's, it's, it's so big. We, you know, we ha- we're just grabbing little snippets of it here. And that's why I always tell folks, keep learning, be like a sponge and keep learning until the day you take your last breath, because it's just an opportunity to grasp more of it on this side of the veil. What, what do you think? Amen to that? Yes, amen to that. <laughs> okay, cool. Thank you, Jane. You are so wonderful. Thank you for contributing today. See, that's the way the Take-Two family does it. Ellen in Mansfield, um, Ohio, listening on our friends at Annunciation Radio. Hi, Ellen. Hi, Debbie. I just love this topic. I couldn't help myself. I had to call in. Good. And I'm so glad you did. Well, thank you. I just want to say that this is the one place, uh, the Eucharist, where I really feel that we are all, each one of us together, one body in Christ. And receiving that at Mass uh, is just an event that is transformative. And there's more than that. He's there for us. And uh, it, that affirms that being that he's there to the end of the world for us. And I, if I could point out any one event, I would guess that um, after my husband died six years ago, that relationship, there's such a change in your life because that relationship is, is still there in some form, but it's not there physically and you don't, uh, aren't able to communicate as well. Except through prayer. But in the sense that I look to the scriptures and see God's, uh, Jesus' spousal relationship to his church, and I've really leaned into that and go to the Eucharistic adoration, and I can feel that spousal guidance and affirmation and encouragement, and really in a personal way. Uh, way, and I know that he's there with me walking through every event in my life, uh, and he's there for me, and just like a spouse, they say that your spouse, you work together to get each other to heaven, just like that, Jesus has worked with me to, to, to get me to heaven. Right. Right. <laughs> Amen. Couldn't, couldn't disagree with a single uh, word that you shared and, and you're, you're spot on. And it's an, it's an understanding. It's a growth process. It's a, it's a uh, participation. You know, God asks us to participate in it, right? To, to make it, to make an effort to understand, to make an effort to connect. Uh, blessed Carlo Acutis, um, amazing young millennial uh, saint. He's blessed right now. He's on the full road uh, to canonization, um, he was saying it's it, the Eucharist is his highway to heaven. He was constantly about connection. It is, at his um, beatification in 2020, that they read uh, the vine and the branches, um, you know, um, uh, parable uh, because of this whole idea of he spent fi- his 15 short years, Ellen making a connection. It's all about staying connected, being connected. And yes, when we lose a spouse or a loved one and they pass in death, um, it's a, it's a change, but, but the connection, the one body in Christ is there alive, 
more now than ever, greater and bigger than ever. So if we, but, but it's, but Ellen, we, we're in a world that tells us not to think like that mystically. We're in a world that says, oh, that's nonsense. You know, what, what you, I can't believe you, you Catholics are, are feeling like that and you're believing that, but it's true. And why can't it be true? It's a, we serve a big God, right, Ellen? That's, Right, and there's one thing that I have learned in that relationship, just like your relationship with your husband or your friend, you hold each other accountable in some way, or it's easier to do better when you think you're really doing it to better the other, Mm -hmm. and uh, that really comes clear when I fail, like I'm human, I get lazy, I, you know, get distracted, my emotions get the better of me. And I think, you know, this isn't quite right. This relationship, I, I haven't been honest with my spouse. And that relationship is a, a living, dynamic relationship. You're dancing with a partner. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. Ellen, you are awesome. I can talk to you forever. That is amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for sharing today with the Take Two family. You've made a difference and that's important. Um, Folks, I just wanted to share real quickly before we get back to the phones. um, I know that um, there was a a mention to RCIA and I understand. um, And that's the, that's the term that I'm, I'm used to uh, in religious education. Just, just kind of, uh, I wanted just to give you some, some notes on this, just because you're going to be hearing different um, terms being used. The USCCB has changed uh, RCIA to uh, the order of Christian initiation of adults, OCIA. So you're going to be hearing that as well. Also, sometimes when we talk about the Eucharist, a lot of times, we use the the um, former um, term um, uh, EMs, right? Uh, Eucharistic ministers. It's it, that's not correct either anymore. It's extraordinary ministers of Holy Communion. Um, so, but it, but if you hear those terms being used, that's just because you know when we we get used to it, it's it's habit. It's it's you know just something in our memory. Um, but I just wanted to make sure we we were up to date on the new. Um, uh, categories in our church uh, w- with regards to the sacraments. Okay, so let's hear, uh, well, you know what, wait a minute, before we get to Ron, because Ron, uh, I know Ron's going to probably share something about Jerry Usher, because uh, they are friends, and Ron is probably going to share something. So let me share this first. Catholics Coast to Coast, um, Sunday night, 6 Eastern Time on EWTN Radio. This week, uh, the host, Ace McKay, who's also the producer of this of Take Two, brings in the conversation of finding confidence on and off the field with the help of fierce athlete and how Catholic dating doesn't have to be a grueling thing when we pursue matters of the heart with God's help to the altar with a panel from the podcast honest to God. Okay. That is so cool. I can't wait to tune in Sunday night, six Eastern time. Ace McKay does a fabulous job and that's fierce athlete and Catholic dating. Okay. That's stuff I need to hear. That's good because why do I need to hear? I'm not dating, but I will tell you that, um, I work in life coaching with a lot of folks that are looking into, um, 
getting married and vocations and ministry work. And so this, all the programs on EWTN help. So that's, check it out, folks. Catholics, Coast to Coast, Sunday night, 6 Eastern time on EWTN radio. Okay, our friend Ron in Los Angeles, um, he actually tried to call me yesterday, so I'm sure he's going to, and I'm waving to him. He's going to share something about Jerry. Uh, Hello, Ron. Welcome. Good morning, Debbie. Good afternoon and good evening, depending on what your time zone is. I, uh, <laughs> it's interesting. Oh, my head's just, my head's just pounding like crazy. Mm. Yesterday, I was surprised. I have a Jesuit priest friend who periodically texting and so forth, uh, I keep him informed of what's happening with me. And he was able to come by yesterday and give me a sacramental visit. And in my history of Christ and the Eucharist, I have so many uh experiences, if you will, that have brought my faith stronger, but mostly the reality of Christ in the Eucharist has been so strong as of late, and yesterday's visit was no different. In fact, I think it was a little bit more emotional to me than I expected it would be, and I think the, the gratitude and the tears that came with the, the reception was the fact that in my nine years plus of not being able to drive uh, my physical disabilities and things that have kept me basically homebound and now on my own since my parents have passed, is that there are times I felt abandoned. And yesterday's visitation was not only a reinforcement of my remembering and knowing Christ is in the Eucharist, but that he cares so much for me that he came to me. And, and I was able to receive him, and that was just so potent for me in, in so many different ways. But I have between various medical experiences and things I'm dealing with, I've I've had such a strong feeling that I, there's an issue with my brain right now that's not easy to get over through. And between multiple attacks with the AFib and the, the mini strokes, it's starting to add up. So I, I, I'm grateful for the prayers of everybody who's been praying and helping sustain me. And I'm getting emotional right now. Is that I am very grateful and happy for Jerry. Mm. Um, there's been a, you know, a, a time of silence in between. That part of it, I think, I understand why, in mo- in many ways. Mm. But I knew he was he was so in for the experience in the priesthood that there were life interruptions that kept him from going that direction. And I think maybe those interruptions were to help him prepare a lot better than he might have been had he gone in earlier than he intended to. So I'm very grateful for him and for his prayers, and for yours as well, Debbie. Oh, thank and I you. Pray that, uh, and I pray that with the the offering up of uh, the crazy that i got to deal with is helping you and others mm-hmm. on the journey home. Mm-hmm. Well, Ron, let me just share something. First of all, thank you so much from, for calling in and speaking from your heart. Ron, you're part of the Take-Two family. We never forget you in prayer, never. But what you're talking about, I think the takeaway word today, when as we're talking about the real presence, is connection. Okay, the connection that God wants with us, the connection that we should want with Him, we can we can do that through each other and speaking about God and and encouraging one another as the mystical body of Christ. But receiving our Lord and Savior in the most holy Eucharist is the most intimate way. We're taking Him into our bodies. 
Um, he wants to be connected to us. We know that from that young saint that I keep mentioning, blessed Carlo Acutis. He constantly said that, stay connected. So what does that mean? Get in a state of grace, stay in a state of grace. And so Ron, please continue to feel the prayers of the Take-Two family. Stay strong, my friend. And I'm sure Jerry is listening right now because he's driving and he probably has the show on in the car. So he heard your beautiful words to him. And and just know that we are here for you and always feel those prayers and your guardian angels right beside you. Okay. God bless you today and have a beautiful weekend. Um, we have to move quickly to Gerard and Gerard is in Houston, Texas on Guadalupe radio network. Uh, do we have an urgent situation, Gerard? Did you want to share with us? Yes, Debbie. Uh, thank you for taking my call. Can you hear me? Yes, very well, sir. Yeah, so uh, this past Saturday, my daughter was one of the 40 youth who were being confirmed at a church in my parish. And we had an 89-year-old bishop who was uh, in good health. And after the consecration, he went to sit down and passed out. So they called for doctors and nurses. There were about five or six nurses, four or five doctors over there. And I was one of them. And the bishop was losing consciousness in and out. So I told them they need to put him down, but they wouldn't listen to me. Then all of a sudden, something, they, they turned the chair around, they turned him, put him down, and they put him right in front of my feet with his head down, and his consciousness came back. EMS was called, his blood pressure was fine, the priest gave him an absolution on the microphone, I absolve you, Bishop, in the name of the Father, and he gave him a communion, and I gave him some water after the communion. Uh, the bishop was fine, everyone insisted that he go to the hospital, and I said no, because I've, I've been a cardiologist for 30 years, I've seen this. So I went to the ambulance and bailed him out, got him out of the of the uh, of the uh, uh, of the ambulance to sacristy, and he went home. And three days later, at a, uh, when I was a daily mass at another church, they said this bishop is coming for confirmation to for their for their youth, and we have to pray for him. And the administrator said, "Hey, I heard you were the guy on stage, and everything went fine. I didn't have to go for that mass." And the bishop uh, yesterday he went back to Corpus Christi. So this is a miracle. I don't know how the, the, the people turned him around, brought him to my feet. I was able to bring up his blood pressure, just the fluids. And uh, we have a success story of the Eucharist and the anointing, which I saw right there. And I was glad the bishop trusted me. He only trusted me. He said, no, I don't want to go to the hospital. Mm-hmm. And then everyone left him alone. So that's my recent miracle story that I have to share with you, Debbie. And I congratulate Jerry for what he's going to because he's mm-hmm. going to be giving the Eucharist like this, and God bless him. Mm-hmm. Well, I have to tell you, um, sir, and thank you for being a, a doctor. Um, I have to tell you, as you were sharing the story about the bishop and what was what was happening uh, right there on the altar, I mean, there, I believe in my heart of hearts when things like that happen, and first of all, my, 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 um, I was getting very nervous. My heart was pounding. I could feel my heart pounding. And I could just imagine what the parishioners felt. Um, it must have been just, you know, shocking and startling and, and just, you know, they're, they're holding their breath going, what's going to happen? You know, are we witnessing something right here? But you know, Gerard, I, I just want to say that there's a reason. There's a reason that the Lord allowed that all to happen at that moment with you present, with the bishop, with the conversation you had, the interaction, with the witness that others are are um, you know observing as it as it is un- 
as it is unfolding in front of them. Gerard, I don't think you're going to know the effects of that, but I, I will almost guarantee you on this one, you're going to hear about it. Folks will come to that bishop or to you or to the parish and say, you know, this was a day that I, I, when I witnessed this, this is what happened. The Lord has a plan for everything. I don't know if you has, have folks, um, come back and given you any, um, response on how it impacted them. Yeah. Whenever I go for mass again and adoration, people are saying, Hey, thank you very much. I think the pastor again came up and everyone's thanking me. I didn't do anything, Debbie. I just did my job as a cardiologist. I think it was the Holy Spirit right there and the angels who took care of him. Absolutely. Absolutely. But there was, there's a, there's always, always a plan with God. God is always trying to send messages and he's trying to uh, share with us insights into who he, who he is. And Gerard, that, that was an amazing story. Please, when you talk to that bishop, tell, tell him that we are, um, we will pray for him, um, and continue, uh, prayers that he gets stronger each day. Gerard, thank you. Thank you for sharing today. Um, we're down to the final couple minutes, but I'm going to try to squeeze Linda in real quickly. First time caller, Sirius XM 130. Linda, real fast. You're, you're in Colorado. Please share with us about, um, uh, the Eucharist. Uh, thank you for taking my call, and I just wanted to talk about what you said and say amen to that, learning more about your faith, and that's what I've been doing since I retired. We do First Friday Adoration. I went to Adoration today, and we have the Confession afterwards, and then tomorrow we will have First Saturday Mass, mm-hmm. and I just think it's so powerful when you, and I've become a minister, um, a Eucharistic minister as well, although you now call it something else. I'm mm-hmm. sorry. No, no, you're quite all right. Extraordinary minister of Holy Communion. You're perfect. Yeah. Go ahead. Extraordinary mm-hmm. minister, and that has made such a difference. And mm-hmm. participation is the key. And if you want to be more involved in your faith, if you participate in the Mass, be an usher, be something, it will really make a difference in your life Mm -hmm. as well as increasing your knowledge. I mean, I've been through four years of biblical school, and I went through catechetical school, Mm -hmm. and it's just all amazing. Yeah. Absolutely. Thank you, Linda. Thank you so very much. And thank you for being a first time caller. We're not going to get to Carla, who's also a first time caller from Texas. Carla, please, you have an encounter with the Eucharist. Uh, please uh, email us at take two at EWTN.com. Amazing broadcast today about the Most Holy Eucharist, the real presence on the first Friday of the month. Please get to Mass. Make it a priority this weekend. I know it's a long, beautiful holiday, but go to Mass with your family, please. On Monday is Gary Zimak. Please tune in for that wonderful broadcast. And until we meet again, have a beautiful and blessed weekend. We'll see you real soon.